0: From across the pond, this is Off The Record with Big C. And thank you, Shaggy. Welcome to episode 51 of Off The Record. So next week will be our year anniversary episode, which will be very exciting. I wonder what we can come up with for that one. Um, This week... I am welcoming back um, special guest um, Britain's prime country singer songwriter Eggs Connolly.
1: Um, hi, Eggs. Hello, Big C. Good to good to see you again.
0: Yes, yeah, great to have you back. Thanks for coming on. Um, Back by popular demand, I think is probably the expression I should use. Oh,
1: absolutely, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't expect anything less. To be honest, no,
0: I'm pleased to hear it. <laughs> um, but we're going to be discussing um, a tricky subject, um, I'm sure. But our uh, favourite songwriters from over the years. So this could be any genre. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that there's a certain genre that you might be uh, maybe focusing on. I don't know. Uh, but you know you might you might throw in a, a, a mariah carey or something i mean who knows well yeah <laughs> i might i might you might you <laughs> might throw in mariah carey but you're not saying where no. um okay well, what have you been up to anyway since the last time we spoke you, you been, have you gig gigged or uh have you got a chance to
1: um a little bit it's been um you know like it's been very quiet with um gigs are sort of still in the process of restarting in a lot of places and uh, there's been a few cancellations and stuff i did do a full band gig which is quite uh rare for me uh, in london in march which was which was great fun and um it was you know it was nice that uh, we had a decent crowd and the the musicians that i was hoping would, would be able to play did and uh um, we had bj cole the legendary um british pedal steel player um mm. the greatest pedal steel player ever to come out of the uk uh playing with us which was which was wonderful as well and it was uh it was a great night but like i say things have been a bit slow like i had a few cancellations uh this mm-hmm. month um but i'm hoping and i think it looks like as summer approaches things will be getting a lot busier for everyone
0: back to normal yeah, yeah. um the one in march then I, th- I think i might have seen a couple of you posted a
1: couple i think did yeah. you not? there's a couple of yeah. videos yeah a
0: couple of videos on there yeah i mean you covered well as you did on uh oh which album was it you tell me um you covered gordon lightfoot
1: um yeah early morning rain
0: early yeah. morning rain lovely that's song. right
1: yeah yes yeah, it's, it's a fantastic song and i suppose it's you've got to be a bit of a fool to try and cover it because it's one of the all-time great songs but i i felt that i was doing it differently enough that it was mm. worth a try um yeah, I I don't know. There was a video of that from actually the last time I played with with some musicians at that same venue. So that might have been an older video, but there might be a newer one that I haven't seen. I don't know. Did you well you
0: you might you might make the same joke each time. You were talking about um you want to attract a younger audience or something. Was yeah. that this time or was that last year?
1: That was oh, that was this time. Yeah, no, that was well, that think- wasn't that wasn't one of my um well traveled jokes that I've used <laughs> at every gig. That was just like um because I'd made a joke that I make all the time and BJ uh been getting on in years a bit. He he said he said, Well, it's all right. I I haven't heard it. And I said, Well, I'm trying to attract a younger audience <laughs> after all, BJ, you know, like so Thank yeah. You. It was uh yeah, that Excellent. that wasn't that wasn't one of my well traveled ones, but maybe it will be going forward.
0: Maybe, yeah, why not? Um well, songwriting, obviously I'm not a songwriter. Um I I have the utmost respect, I think, for anybody that can write a song um and sing it and, and just that the, the idea of planning your top oh, and singing at the same time or whether it's playing a piano it's even worse i mean i tried that once tried it when yeah. i was learning to play a piano i mean i don't know how people like elton john managed to do it now no, with the no. right hand doing this left hand doing all of that and singing at the same time i was like no i can't i can't even do it i can't i was wondering so i was trying to do Trying to do the rhythm of his Andrew Gold's Lonely Boy. Do you know the song? Yeah. With that doom, doom, do doom, do, 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 and trying to do that verse, singing a verse with that.
1: Yeah. It, Ugh, it's it's just a lot of practice. That's the thing. Like all the coolest stuff you ever see in music is just people practicing in a very sad way over and over again. That's that's how they do it. That's that's the magic behind it. It's <laughs> it's just very boring practice.
0: It's still magic though, it's still magic, it is, it is, yeah um and you i think you said last time you don't necessarily find songwriting that easy it doesn't come that easily to you but mm. you managed to do it and you you're going to continue to do it obviously uh, at your own pace no doubt
1: yeah it's i've always been slow with it and uh, i just learned that i can't rush it some people are completely the opposite to that but i've just learned that it's got a um it's got to come at its own pace but then but then once once you do have the sort of basic idea that's when i have to sort of really push myself to 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 get it through to the end Mm. um but but you know at the same time you can have a lot of false dawns with it um so you know everyone's experience of songwriting is different but but mine is definitely a long drawn out process and i've just learned i've got to be patient with it and that's Mm. it
0: well, that's 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 fine. Say so, as you said, everyone's got a different yeah. way. Just reading yeah. some of the, the way that some of the people that I've put down on my list um, as some of them, the way they write their songs, they're they're all different. Yeah. Um, but anyway, shall we get on? I've asked you to sort of come up with ten, but I'm sure mm. there'll be more. Yeah, um, I've certainly got more than ten. Um yeah. And we may well overlap, in which case I can dig into a couple of my reserves. Yeah. <laughs> but you want to start come up with your first one i don't know whether you're going to give me an order or just random order
1: well the, the the order that i have rough uh in my head is is the order in which i discovered these these songwriters and and, and in which they influenced me because okay. it you know it was like you know from the early days onwards but but the the very first one i'm going to pick is is not kind of um from that that lineage it's and it's woody guthrie um, oh, okay, And the reason I picked that is because I just think uh, he, you know, I started listening to Woody Guthrie when I was like a young teenager or something, when I first read about him or heard his name and I, I checked him out and, and he's, you know, not only would listening to that stuff have influenced me back then, but he's been such a, a giant influence on so many other people. And of Absolutely. course he's, a, you know people might not think of him first and foremost as a songwriter i don't know because because he's in that folk tradition mm. um he he would have borrowed words and borrowed um melodies and stuff from other places and used them for his own for his own purposes um but that what he did and the way he um the way he interpreted those melodies and those phrases, whatever they were. Um, and in the context in which he did, it was so unbelievably important. And he's one of the great American writers, not just songwriters for that reason. I think a song like this land is your land is prob- probably, probably mm. um, the greatest American song. And, and it's like, really, it's just a simple song written simply so that, so that people can understand it who aren't music aficionados necess- necessarily. Um, and that's, that was the beauty of woody guthrie and i just think um that the foundation that he laid for contemporary music in america um even country music and all that by just simply by um by bringing it to the people in the way that he did was was unrivaled so i felt like i had to include him
0: well yeah i don't i don't blame you to be perfectly honest mm. um this land is your land I don't, it's one of those i thought yeah did he actually write that song or is it like a yeah. traditional um yeah yeah like traditional a as they call mm. it in the trade um yeah. but obviously yeah it's one of his
1: yeah i mean um, it's again i i have no idea he might have um he might have borrowed the melody or something from somewhere or heard it somewhere else it's like um with cowboy songs i, I don't know if i was talking about them last time but i but i'm very much into cowboy songs and mm-hmm. all of those were were 99% of them came from traditional uh, English and Scottish folk songs yes. and the melodies got appropriated and changed over time as it, as did it, the lyrics and stuff and that was that was you know it's that's the pure folk tradition um but the, it's it's more about the interpretation and what it meant you know mm. like that what what it ultimately meant that when it was brought to the world when recording started and all that and if, and people started listening to the radio and all and all that kind of thing absolutely
0: yeah um i was just reading about this sand is your land Um, Yeah, Guthrie's melody was very similar to the melody of Oh, My Loving Brother, a Baptist gospel hymn that had been Mm. recorded by the Carter family uh, as When the World's on Fire and had inspired their little darling, uh, pal of mine. Uh, He used the same melody for the chorus and the verses.
1: Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. As well, that's right. it's yeah. interesting that um, that you mentioned the Carter family there because mm-hmm. they did the exact same thing. They um, A. P. Carter took so many um, traditional folk songs and brought them to the world and mm-hmm. and made them, you know, the a, a, a bedrock of of American popular music, or mm-hmm. you know, even hillbilly or country music, maybe specifically. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's exactly that same vital thing that. That started everything else, and I, and that's, I mean, again, that's that's kind of why I thought I had to mention him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, it's good. I'm glad you did. Um, I haven't got him in my list. I so say there are a few that I could have put in my list actually. That I was wondering that you might. Right. Um, that could have been one of them. Um, there's a, there's certainly another one that I'm I'm sure you're going to have it in your list actually, but I'll, we'll come on to that. Right. Um, so Woody Guthrie. Is your first one. And I'm going to go straight in for the kill and go for the one that probably most people would think that I was going to go for. It's a little bit more contemporary than uh, than Woody Guthrie by uh, some, I don't know, uh, 20 years or so. Um, It's James Paul McCartney.
1: That was that was who I had on my bingo card. Yeah, that's you on the bingo card. <laughs>
0: yeah. you, I've got a full house there, or bingo, <laughs> whatever the term is. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I couldn't not have him in that. I, so I've tried to avoid the the, the partnerships. Yeah. Um in fact, we had a show uh, a little while back uh, with with Pete Stinky Pete on, and uh, we did uh, t- songwriting teams. He came up with ten. I came up with ten. Obviously, I had to have Lennon-McCartney in there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and, I mean, I could have had John Lennon in there. I mean, he's on my reserve list, you know, but I, I, over the two of them, I don't know about you, actually. I mean, are you a big Beatles fan?
1: Yeah, yeah. Isn't I everyone? mean, probably not as big as you, but I was brought up no, on the Beatles. But, yeah, yeah. No one is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one seems to be, anyway.
0: Um, but I'm, you're not in the category that say the Beatles,
1: oh, yeah, they're overrated, are you? No, no, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. No, Good. it just no. seems
0: <laughs> nonsensical to me. To be perfectly honest,
1: I <laughs> yeah, mean, I he, think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a hipster sort of uh, a point of in. view. That one,
0: yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think the trouble is the more the more you throw at people, you've got to like them. You've got to like them. Tend to people sort of shy away from them a bit. Yeah, don't they? I think. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, of the two, I had to have McCartney. I mean, he is to me anyway. Um no, no disrespect to your songwriting ability, Ags, of course, but he's probably <laughs> one of the greatest. He's the greatest songwriter, I think, of all time for me. Um oh, yeah. so I put him in at number one. I mean, the number of songs that he's had um that have been covered by others, of course, as well. Um yeah. more than Lennon, he he seems to be more of a or seemed and still is um more of a song a songwriter in, in sort of building a song. Right, rather yeah. than Lennon seemed to sort of um, just express ideas of his randomly and then get mm. a tune out of it. You see what I mean? And some of them are brilliant, I must admit. Um, but, I mean, you know, the, 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 the love songs he could do, And I Love Her, Yesterday, um, yeah. and then you had the thing like So Blackbird and Eleanor Rigby. I mean, those four themselves are probably four of the most covered songs ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, yesterday, just like, you know, what an, you know, unbelievable melody and everything else just to, just to pick out of of thin air, you know, like not many songwriters are going to do that.
0: No. I mean, he claims that he uh, dreamt it. Yeah. It's quite legendary um, now that he, yeah, he dreamt it and was asking around what, Yeah. Do you know this song? Do you know this song? I was was wondering a lot of people didn't sort of make a note of it and then go off and record it themselves and get the (laughs) copyright it or whatever. Um, But, yeah, he was, I mean, he was the main man in the Beatles, certainly from Sergeant Pepper included, actually, onwards. Um, But he's, he's, I know Lennon hasn't been around for as long for obvious reasons after the Beatles split up, but since the, the Beatles ended, He's had a number of number one singles, whether it be here or in the States. Yes. When Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey was number one, coming up P- Pipes of Peace and to get a Mull of Kintyre. Uh, maybe, maybe some of them aren't his greatest songs, but um, <laughs> I had a couple with uh, one with Stevie Wonder and one with uh, Michael Jackson as well. They were number ones too. Yep. Um, and he's, he's overall had 32 songs written or co-written um at number one in the US. Um two Hall of Fame induct uh inductions, so songwriter and uh or solo and for um the the band. Uh he's got an Academy Award, 18 Grammys, he's got an MBE, he's got a knighthood. I mean, you know, he's he's got it all, isn't he really? And uh, number could one say number that. number one albums, number I w I won't list them all, but there's <laughs> just so many of them. Um yep. Uh, Yeah, I won't. He even had a number one album in the UK uh, with McCartney Three, which was during lockdown. So he's obviously still got it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, unbelievably sort of iconic figure, and and it's I think as I'm going to talk about with at least one person later, it's like Mm. when these people are still alive. Um, even though you know you've just read that huge list of honors and everything, like I'm Mm. not sure people really sort of appreciate them as they should no. while they're still alive, because you just get used to them being there.
0: Absolutely. You know? I've, I've often said that.
1: Yeah. And it's like, he's, you know, one day all the, the Beatles will be dead mm. and, you know, people, younger people look back and think, wow, you know, there was this band, you know, oh my God, you you know, you saw Paul McCartney live. That's incredible sort of thing, you know, and it's like, mm. I think we should, we should appreciate them in, in some way um, more, more so than we do.
0: When they're alive, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Paul McCartney is ridiculed, either for the Frog Chorus or Muller of Kintyre, probably <laughs> one of those two. Oh, yeah. um, Muller of Kintyre, I don't think, is even released in the States, actually. Yeah. it was a number one here for about nine weeks in right, yeah. seventy <laughs> seven. And, of course, the Frog Chorus, and people dig him out for that. But, I mean, he wrote the song for a kid's film. Uh, what, what what can he do?
1: No, uh, Exactly. Uh, everyone's, I mean, a, a lot of artists, if they're around for long enough and contribute to enough things, they're all going to have stuff like that, aren't they? So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're hoping to see him again when he comes back. I mean, we've seen him probably three or four times now, but I mean, he's going to be, I noticed he's touring in America again this year, this month, actually. Yeah. Uh, with the rather amusingly titled Got Back. To the, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so hopefully, maybe next year he'll be back in the uh, back in Blighty. Right. But he'll yeah. be, he's going to be eighty in June.
1: Mm. That's the thing, and you know that that's that's the reality of it is they're all getting there. But you know, some of them are still still doing it at eighty. You know, so um, yeah, it's it's that's not. I mean, Tony Bennett's just just won a Grammy. So yeah.
0: Then how old is he?
1: <laughs> Got to be nearly ninety if he's not already. Yeah, I would have thought.
2: Yeah.
0: He's still alive, isn't he, Tony Bennett? Now, Yeah, like, he just, just made
1: that with Lady like, Gaga, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he did, he? sang with Amy Winehouse as well, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he sang with everybody, I think, yeah. <laughs> he's, he died, he's been yeah. around that long, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: true. <laughs> Has he sung with you yet?
1: No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> let's, put now, that, let's put that right, Tony, right. let's do it. Oh,
0: well, he sang with me, ex.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Anyway,
0: Paul McCartney, <laughs> I had to get him in there first. Right, what have you got for me next?
1: Uh, next, well, this is where my uh, my my sort of um, I can't think of the word, but the, the lineage starts from from when I was mm. younger. And my my first musical love when I was uh, seven or eight years old was Buddy Holly.
0: Ah, and, um, yes, love Buddy but
1: Holly. I, what I loved about Buddy Holly, even then, I didn't realise this is what I loved because I was very young. But even what I loved was was the variety of songs because he could he, he was writing rock and roll, which was sort of you know starting to break new ground back then and all that. And, you know, we all know where that came from. It came from the blues players and all the rest of it. But, but he also wrote like, um, kind of singer songwriter songs mm. and things that could be called country songs and and yeah. stuff like that. And, and really intelligent, uh, kind of love ballads and things like that. Um, at such an incredibly young age, uh, cause we know that he died when he was 22. And and it was, yeah. the, the thing is, um, a lot of the songs, if you look at the song credits they're they're credited to various members of the band and Norman Petty, who is the producer on most of the sessions in Clovis in New Mexico, yeah. gets his name on most of them, although he didn't write any part of them he just understood how the business worked and understood Absolutely. how music publishing worked when the young lads from uh, from Lubbock, Texas didn't Lubbock, have a clue yeah. um so really ninety nine percent of the songs were written by buddy Holly and mm-hmm. And if you if you go back and listen to them all, it's just it's just astounding songwriting. And and I think he's one of the the real ones when you think like if he'd if he'd lived like what would he have gone on to do? You know, like oh, um, just, lives, yeah. you know, he was already starting to produce and all the rest of it when he was when he was that age. And he was a, he was an immense um guitar player, singer, you name. Like great, great vocalist, he had the he had the total package, and mm. um, I was I was just bowled over. I was a member of the Buddy Holly fan club when I was eight, and I I don't know if you ever saw it, but they had the musical on in London at the time, the Buddy musical, yeah, Buddy Holly, yeah. yeah, that's it, Buddy Holly story, near and Piccadilly, it
0: was, it? Somewhere near Piccadilly,
1: wasn't it? Piccadilly, yeah, um, I can't remember the name of the theatre now. Um no, but I it think was, it was
0: on Haymarket actually, but yeah, I'm not sure of the theatre. Uh,
1: I nearly thought of it, then. But, but I think I. I got my dad to drag me along a couple of times to that because mm. I absolutely loved it. And I, I loved the film as well, like, because, you know, I just loved anything to do with Buddy Holly. And, yeah, I still feel the same now. And and he was so important to my love and appreciation of music, and I still come back to his his stuff all the time.
0: And it quite conveniently linked to Paul McCartney, because I know McCartney was a big, oh, big fan of Buddy Holly. in fact, Absolutely. He might have actually – did he not buy out the um, – the rights to the copy of the publishing rights to Buddy Holly's uh Back material? I, I might have done Yeah, maybe I'm just making that up. I don't know.
1: I I, I really don't know. That could be it could be true. Um incidentally, I mentioned my dad there. My dad saw Buddy Holly uh on the very on the only time he came to the UK. Um mm. he he saw him in London. Yeah, he was fifteen and he and he went along because it was one of the names that yeah. people knew and he was like oh, I'll just go and see him and at the time didn't think much of it but you know I mean he didn't I don't mean he didn't I don't mean he didn't think much of the gig sorry I mean he didn't oh, I know he didn't, what you mean. He didn't, didn't think, think it was, was going to be so momentous wow. yeah um, and then of course it turned so out to be like gold just 1958 1958
0: yeah the yeah, year before he died then. Yeah. so was yeah. that with, like, with all the, the the rest of the gang as well were there were they I mean was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I think they were they did because they were doing t- they did a TV thing and they, they, they actually it was quite a long tour. If you look back at it, they actually did quite a big UK tour. Sorry, that, no, it wasn't. They went with, um, the band were there, but not, not Richie Vallance, a big bopper, weren't on that they one. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't like the winter dance party one. Um, oh, yeah. And but, Dion, um, I
0: think, was there as well, wasn't he? I think
1: Dion was, Dion was on was that. Yeah. And incidentally, yeah. Uh, just as an aside, because there's always this talk about what happened with the plane crash and that there's, a, there's, uh, a, at least one great video on YouTube with Dion talking about it, and he knows because he was there. Mm. He knows what happened, and it just blows so many myths out of the water and all that. But what about the tossing of
0: a coin to see who went on it, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, and
1: all that, all that stuff. He, you know, he he sets it all straight. But um, uh, okay. but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, I, I've got my dad to thank for getting me into Buddy Holly, and uh, mm. and just you know, um, what an incredible art artist that I I really hope isn't lost in the midst of time one day, you know.
0: I, he never will be. I don't think he will be. Um, as you say, he did did sort of ver- uh, have a bit of variety to his sound. I mean, the rock and roll. He probably started off as quite country, didn't he, really?
1: Yeah, because that was what I expected uh, with uh, Bob Montgomery. Um, yeah. he, had a, he had a duo with him. And they. And in fact, that's what was expected was country, you know. And of course, mm. he broke the rules by playing rock and roll and all that. And um, the rest was history. But oh, yeah, he, he had it in his locker to do that.
0: Quite a distinctive guitar sort of yes um, uh, method of playing, wasn't it? That's those sort of downward um, yeah um strums of, of the guitar. Absolutely. Um, I heard an interview um that he well not an interview really, it was it was it was a phone call, it was on YouTube somewhere, a phone call that Buddy made to um Decker. Right. Uh, I think to to get the, the rights to his, cause he, he wanted to leave. I think it was Decker or was it, was Decker the first one he was at? I think it was, wasn't it? I think uh, Decker was the one, but be, he was yeah. trying to move on cause they won't do anything with these songs. That'll be the day or whatever. And he wanted yeah. to, he wanted to move on to a new label and um, he wanted them to, no, 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 and they were saying, no, you can't use those songs. You can't, you cannot use those. You cannot record those four songs. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so that was it. And he was sort of quite, sort of um, friendly in his responses was Buddy Um, and one of the things he said the guy from Decca was saying what do you want to do with your music do you want to are you going to stick with the rock and roll and he he said no no I can't do Buddy's accent Um, (laughs) yeah yeah, the old Texan accent but you know he he was going to move into a more uh, maybe a ballady maybe a more experimental sort of sound so as you say had he lived we'll never know will we but I mean, one of the most beautiful yeah. songs I think is "True Love Ways.
1: Yeah, do you know it was just? Do you know that was actually just going through my head just then, just because thinking of all the all the great songs and mm. and you were saying, you know, going a bit more ballady or whatever. That mm. song is such it's it's genius. It's simple, but it's sophisticated as well. Mm. And and it's like it, You know, there's, there aren't many other people from that era you can pick out who are writing songs like that. I mean, Paul Anker was doing it. Obviously, he wrote. Mm. um it, it Doesn't Matter Anymore, which Buddy Holly yeah, yeah. famously recorded, which was, I mean, Paul Anker was 15 when he wrote that. It was oh. uh, just um, it, in, incredible, you know, uh, to be honest, at that time, there were a lot of, like, child geniuses, like, <laughs> like sort of mm. in, the, in the music business. I don't know what happened to, to everybody. No, but, there's a lot. But, um, there's
0: so many young... Well, I mean, Dolly yeah. was young, wasn't she, when she first started singing? Yeah,
1: and Richie Valens himself, you know. Ritchie Valens, when he died.
0: 17 when he died, yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, um, and it, there was... There were a few um, Frankie Lyman, you know. Um.
0: Frankie Lyman, of course, yeah, but he, he didn't uh, have a, a a very pleasant life during the sixties no. either, then, did he? No. Um, who was the other one? I was. Oh, um, not as as a, as a bigger one, but uh, Leslie Gore was only about right thirteen. Was she saying it's my party?
1: Yep. And there's a number of country artists as well that were very mm. young. It's, it's it's yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I think kids have just got more things to do now than than play music, sadly, but.
0: Well, I'm but, so yeah. glad you mentioned Buddy Holly, because I really, really should have had him in my tent. Right. Um, yeah. I, I may well have been put off <laughs> by the number of names sometimes that appear as songwriters. As yes. you pointed out correctly, I knew that Norman Petty didn't have much to do with these songs, but yeah. Um, the, who's the, um, the drummer he got credited with? Jerry Allison. Yeah, he
1: got credited with That Will Be The Day. And it's like, um, I, th- I think, you know, he kind of had a hand in it. Um, but it's like the 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 idea they had was they were just because they, they didn't understand how publishing worked or anything. They thought it was mm-hmm. fine just to share the share the um, the the credits around. And I think Norman Petty encouraged it because that made it more okay for his name to be on it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm so pleased you picked him. Um, <laughs> right, shall I go on for one of my other ones? In um, mm-hmm. maybe a bit more left field. Um, but I, one of my favourite song pop songwriters um started off in the 60s with um well a a number of maybe lesser bands but then he did form the move right in the 1960s uh and it's roy wood right uh from birmingham um, and uh, I mean, I could have, and I, I I might mention him as well, Jeff Lynn, because he is also an absolutely immaculate, immaculate pop songwriter. Unbelievable yes. what he can do. I mean, Roy, he's ultimately had probably more success, l- longevity than Roy Wood. Roy Wood was maybe wanted to experiment a little bit more with the orchestra, with the jazz sounds, and something a bit more, definitely more experimental than than Jeff yes. Lynn did, who was quite content with the. Uh, the sound that he'd um, got with the, with the ELO, which of course Roy Wood formed with him um, at the beginning of the seventies. But yeah, a number of songs in, I mean, the move um, themselves had one, two, three, four, probably about, well, I I can't count them all, but I can hear the grass grow flowers in the rain um, fire brigade. I really love that song. Um, do you know? Do you know these songs?
1: I know. Yeah, my dad was a big fan of the move. Big yeah.
0: fan of the move. Did he go and see yeah. them live as well? They were quite raucous. They probably, yeah. Places. And "Flowers in the Rain" was his probably his probably one yeah. of his most favourite songs uh, yeah. or, or recognisable songs. But he doesn't Roy Wood never never got any of the royalties from it because of I think there was a uh, a, um, a controversial sleeve that went which implied that um, the then Prime Minister, I think it was uh, Harold Wilson at the time, maybe, was having uh, an affair with a a woman, and that was sort of put on cartoon format on the sleeve. And, of course, they were sued. And he hasn't got any money from that record since, which is a shame. (laughs) Really? Great record. First record ever played on BBC Radio 1, of course, in 1967.
1: Yeah, I think I knew that, yeah.
0: Yeah, September. Another trivial fact for you. In September 67 by Tony Blackburn. But Fire Brigade, yeah, um, love that song. And, of course, they did have a number one with Blackberry Way, which is one one of the most brilliant pop songs ever, I think. Again, quite simple.
1: But, yeah, um, that used to yeah. be played in the house quite a lot, actually, yeah.
0: Blackberry yeah. Way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And then Jeff Lynne joined them, and um they did, although Jeff Lynne really wasn't really interested in the move, I think he just wanted to, to form his own band with 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 the Electric Larkers with with Roy Wood, but he was there for a little while, and they did have a couple of hits, two or three, four hits, actually, Uh finishing with California Man, which was another top 10 hit. Um, they generally shared the vocal on those Roy Wood and Jeff Lynne, uh, and then Jeff Lynne and him formed the ELO, which w- would leave for the time being. Um, and Roy Wood went off to to form Wizard, um, mm-hmm. and they went on to have two number ones and another three top ten or four top ten singles. I mean, they, he was one of my he's one of my idols. I think anyway from the mm-hmm. glam rock era. Roy would see my baby drive. Angel fingers, of course. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Which actually, as a Christmas song, I prefer to the Slade one, which is "Merry Christmas Everybody." The same year, um, they didn't know that yeah. Slade were going to be releasing that. Uh, in fact, the Wizard one was recorded I think, in the summer, blistering heat. They had to have aircon yeah. at, at the maximum, the minimum <laughs> temperatures, I should say. <laughs> you know what I mean? They wanted it really yeah. cold, and they decked the deck the studio with holly and things uh, and christmasy type things um but then it didn't get to number one um but anyway it was it was a good
1: good but those both those songs have have stood the test of time in terms of christmas songs they haven't been beaten off by anybody they're, they're just they're, they're still there unbelievable aren't they
0: definite pension pot uh creator aren't they really for yeah
1: i mean i i think i heard the figure that, that that um the slade one makes it's it's something like you know it's it's in the millions or something every year. It's every like year. yeah, like I mean, I'm sure Wizard is very similar, yeah.
0: But like yeah. that every Wizard song, every Royal Wood song seem to have every every conceivable instrument seem to be on it. Um mm. yeah, even when it's fading out, you think it's fading out, but there's another little bit comes in and that's cymbals and the the violins or the viola or, or whatever it might be, uh, yeah. guitars. I mean, you know, <laughs> horns, trumpets, everything was thrown in. And of course he had a solo career as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, BBC quite said that they, he was, he provided some of the most memorable sounds of the 1970s. Uh, a pivotal role in the glam rock, psychedelic prog rock movements. Of course, yellow were really pretty prog rock as well. He got an honorary doctorate for his contribution to Rock and Pop by the University of Derby in 2008. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak enough, highly enough of Mr. Roy Wood. And he's still around. I did get to see him supporting South London's finest. Everyone seems to support Status Quo at their Quo Fest one year. I can't remember which year it was, but he was there. And they, they all sang, I wish it could be Christmas every day, of course. Wow.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Jeff Lynn also I could have in there, but I I pick I pick
1: Roy Wood. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. I actually, yeah, I'm I'm surprised you haven't got Jeff Lynn but um, but that, well, that intrigues got a lot me even of stuff more. Written.
0: yeah, Je- Roy Wood yeah. and Jeff Lynn, Um But yeah, Jeff Lynn uh, yeah. Obviously, the ELO has been going on now for some time. He's he, he's back on the road again now, isn't he? We should yeah. have seen him. Should have seen him last year or the year before, but it was cancelled. Oh. Right, postponed yeah. and postponed and postponed and then ultimately cancelled. So, mm. I'm not quite sure. He's produced so many other. Uh, he's such uh, an influence on the, like right, the Tom Petty, the Wilburys, Wilburys. Roy Orbison, and Adele Shannon's. Both yes. of their last two albums oh. w- were superb. Yeah, but you yeah. can tell a Jeff Even Brian Adams' album "Get Up" was produced by Jeff Lynne. And when they're, you're playing it, you can hear it's a Jeff Lynne production.
1: That's it. Uh, it's such it's such a distinctive sound. It is such a distinctive dis- sound,
0: distinctive sound as well. And of course he helped out with the Beatles and their anthology when they yeah. formed the three of them and had Lennon's voice that they put onto the, uh, backing track. That was lean as well. So right. right let's yeah. move on swiftly to your next one.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, my next one is, um, this is when I really discovered singer songwriters and I was watching later with Jules Holland one night when I was 12 and, um, uh, Ron Sexsmith was on there and um oh, yeah. and I thought I'd never I I'd, I'd never really focused on music like he was just playing solo on his own and I thought I thought this is my sort of thing and I didn't really know what it was but I just thought this is my sort of thing and I bought his first album And I've followed him ever since I've seen him live like 20 odd times or something. And I, and uh, to me, it was, it caught me at the right time. You know, I was ready. I'd I'd already been listening to grunge and God knows what else and punk and all that. And I still like, I still like some of that stuff, especially punk. But um, that was when I really discovered that I liked songwriting. And so Mm. I, I, I was fascinated by this bloke and I, and I just, I, I devoured all his, all his albums and I couldn't wait for the next one to come out. You know how it is. Yeah. yeah. And do. like, and, uh, I definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, he, he was such a pivotal person in my songwriting sort of journey, as it were, because mm. that it, it showed me what my music was, you know, my, what well, I don't mean my music as in what I've written subsequently. I mean, what my music as a person was, it's like, you know, like, and yeah, I was yeah. like, I've i finally found it, and I and I and from there came sort of everything else, and I started to learn more and more about what I liked and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, to me, Ron Sexsmith was was really key, and he's you know he's been going a long, long time now. He's now seen as like the songwriter's songwriter, and he he had a bit of a a, a sort of pivotal moment in his own career. I don't know what it was. 15 years ago 10 15 years ago where um they made a documentary and you know it it sort of gave him a surge in popularity and he was able to play the albert hall and things like that and and that's really sort of kept him going but i you know um i i still sort of follow everything he does and and i i'm just to to me it's like he's one of my sort of mount rushmore um influences i don't i don't know if you're a if, if you're Overly I'm just familiar checking
0: because I know I've got some Ron Sexsmith I was checking my iTunes mm. library there while you were chatting there. Um, I have an album called Long Player, Late Bloomer.
1: Yeah, that's the one that that um, that really sort of went big. I think it got to like number twelve in the UK album charts, which for him is like you know um like Amazing. playing Wembley Stadium or something. It's yeah. like, you know, it's absolutely huge. So, you know, considering where he'd been before. So it's huge. He's somebody who always he dreamt of having a hit album because all his heroes were the pop writers like Ray Davis and mm-hmm. Elvis Costello and people like that. Yes. And it's like, you know, okay, you uh, you might not pop might not be the word you give Elvis Costello, but I I in an in an overall sense I, I think it was pop. Um but he he wanted to emulate those people and I you know, he, he'd never be able to do it because people had always pigeonholed him as folk um, mm-hmm. because his voice is quite melancholy. Yeah. Um, and he played an acoustic guitar, you know, so it was really as simple as that, that that, that was where he decided he was folk, but he wasn't happy with that. So he's, he's done a, a few different types of albums, but his voice will always... Make it sound one particular way, mm. so he's he's got to live with that. <laughs> you know there there were a few a
0: few singer songwriters, I think, they, they sort of started around that time because I remember digging out some of their albums as well. Mm-hmm. Apart from Ron Smith's Sexsmith, um, people like uh, Josh Rouse, Josh Ritter, yes, Josh Ritter, um, yeah, uh, Ed Harcourt.
1: All of that. You're exactly right. Exactly right. That was all around I'm the same of, time. Yeah. yeah,
0: it was. Yeah. So yeah. I love that, though. I mean, someone that sings their own songs, plays the guitar, can't go wrong. Yeah. Can't I go was, wrong with that.
1: That was, and again, that's that's exactly what I was drawn to. You know, mm. like there's a guy there with a guitar singing songs that he's written. Yeah. Like that, it, something about it just seems possible. It's like, it's like you know, surely, surely I could do that one day as well. You know, yes. like, like, I guess that's what I was thinking at the time, but I didn't learn the guitar for another few years.
0: Right. Because nowadays it's Ed Sheeran.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, a fan, not a fan of it cheering, I can tell. Oh really, no. <laughs> um, sort of sort of vaguely in the that sort of again I saw him for the first time on Jules Holland when no one had really heard of him. Uh, and mm. he was playing the A team. Um, yeah, I I saw it, he, I remember. He, yeah, he remember him thinking, yeah, this ginger guy playing uh um a, a few songs of his. And yeah, you know, I did like it. it has got so huge now, though. Got so huge. Mm. Yeah. From okay, Ron Sexsmith. Good, good one. Good one. Um, I'm I'm not been hearing your uh, your choices because I know all of mine. That's the
1: thing. <laughs> well. Likewise, um, likewise.
0: Yes. Um, from guitar, I'm going to the piano now. Um, and the Piano Man. Okay. Um, I, I mean, again, Elton versus Billy, but. I had to, I mean, given the choice of the two, I might well go for Elton. But of course he did co-write all of his songs. Yep. Bernie Torpin. So in that crazy method that they had of writing songs with torpin just sending the lyrics in a, in a, an envelope to him. And he just writes the song, writes a melody to those lyrics. Um, so I've gone Billy Joel um, from, uh, New Jersey, is he? Oh, I presume he was uh, New Jersey born, maybe. Yeah, around I think that he was. around that era, anyway. Um, yeah, and so many great songs. Twelve studio albums uh, between seventy one and ninety three, and then another one in two thousand and one. Um, probably one of the best selling music artists of all time. Um, Although he had a few earlier albums. Are, we, are you a Billy Joel uh, fan as such or not? Do
1: you know, do you know what, Cohen? I don't know a lot about him other than the hits. I know the mm. big hits and, you know, I, I know his style, but that's it. I, I, don't, I don't know much about him at all.
0: Yeah, he's still going, still going strong. Yeah, he had a few albums at the start, Cold Spring Harbor, uh, and, of course, The Piano Man. The Piano Man itself is such a great song.
1: Um,
0: I presume you know the song Piano Man.
1: Sorry, I think you you, oh, you went. You, you froze up. Then can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yeah, yes,
0: you I can. Right? Yeah, you, the piano man itself, the song. Yes, absolutely brilliant song as far as I'm concerned. Um, up there is probably my favourite song of his, right. along with uh, a song from probably what I consider his his breakthrough album in 77, 78, which was Stranger, which is a great right. album. Um, Some great songs on that. I mean, Just The Way You Are, which, of course, Barry White covered. Moving Out, uh, Anthony's song. Uh, Only the Good Die Young. She's Always a Woman. Uh, Vienna. And the other classic song, Up There with Piano Man, and I think it's Billy Joel's favorite song of his, too, is Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. It's like three ages of a song bit prog-like in a way. I'm sure Pete would like it. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: But yeah, yeah. And I say he had bigger hits uh, after uh, with uh, My Life and um, She Does It. um, She May Be Right. And, of course, he he got mega in the 80s with the Innocent Man album. And he did tend to sort of, uh, it was a sort of an homage, if I can say it in that way. An homage to um, the great music from his youth, basically. Uh, I think it's "Tell Her About It," "Uptown Girl," yeah, um, and the like. So overall, see thing, some, of the, uh, some
1: of these songs you're mentioning here, Colin. I didn't actually realise were really were pretty jolly. I mean, I knew "Uptown Girl" and "Piano Man" and stuff, like that, but I, but I, I, some of the other tracks you've mentioned there, I didn't mm. I didn't know were hit, So it just shows you, um, shows how many you, it yeah, had it
0: shows you. Dig Out The Stranger. It's probably his best album. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's got all those songs I said earlier on. Overall, he's had 33 top 40 US hit singles. And they're all written by himself. Three US number ones. Of course, the other big number, three number ones, it's still rock and roll to me. Right. Um, Tell Her About It was a number one. And the uh, We Didn't Start The Fire. You know that one, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Because Pete, never heard of that song when we were talking about it the other really? just a bit bizarre <laughs> yeah uh we didn't start the fire it's like a um, history lesson really like every cultural icon from 1949 which was the year he was born up until 1989 when the record was written or the song was written um, yeah great great song right. songwriters hall of fame in 92 and the rock hall of fame in 99. 23 right. Grammy nominations as well. Album so, of the year, 52nd Street. That's the one with My Life on it. Um, another
1: another great song. So is he not making albums anymore then?
0: Um, he's He hasn't made an album, I don't think, for a little while. Um, he's still touring. I, I, yep. I I, it might be that he's just... You might come to this when you become 70 or 80 years old. <laughs> I think you just can't. Can't write a good song anymore, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with that. Uh, what did he do? He, the River of Dreams. Oh, the Stormfront was a good album that came out in '89, uh, and then '93 had Rivers, River of Dreams. Um, but apart from that, he had an album called Fantasies and Delusions in 2001. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. To be honest, okay. <laughs> the thirteenth and final. Studio album composed by American singer-songwriter Billy Joel.
1: Oh, so that was, he just decided that was the last one.
0: It might have been, yeah, just retiring from writing from writing and producing albums.
1: Fair enough. Bit like, bit like Chris
0: Martin in Coldplay.
1: Uh, Still yeah, going to yeah.
0: tour, but they're not going to have any more albums. But you never yeah, know whether it's right. just having he's a, a bit,
1: joke with everyone anyway. Well, it's a bit young to be saying that, I think. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> if it's true, if it's true. Yeah, that's well, the thing,
0: yeah. Okay, from Billy Joel to,
1: what have you got? Uh, Well, this was the person uh, I discovered via Ron Sexsmith. On that first Ron Sexsmith album, he covered Leonard Cohen.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And, of course, as I was just discovering singer-songwriters, that blew my mind when I started listening to Leonard Cohen because, um, you know, very, very distinctive style um, and hugely poetic lyrics, basically putting poems to music. and some of them were quite dark. Some of them were sort of, you know, massively kind of um, melancholy and sad. And uh, and I, yeah, I, I sort of dove into the world of Leonard Cohen. And I used to sit up reading reading his books and books of poetry and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, to me, it was actually <laughs> when I started teaching myself the guitar because I'm completely self-taught on the guitar. I, a lot of it was out of a Leonard Cohen songbook and it was, oh, right. it was a it was a bad way to start because because <laughs> like he uses some complex chord sequences and oh, stuff really? it didn't it gave me some some bad habits to begin with that i had to get out of um but but yeah it, and also he he goes off in strange um directions because he uses uh european influences and stuff um in 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 his melodies and things like that you wouldn't normally hear in, in other American music or North American yeah. music, I should say, cause he's Canadian. Um, but his whole outlook on life was, um, was something that really captured my imagination as a teenager. You know, I was, I was about 14 or something, you know, like, um, mm. listening to this stuff and it was just blowing my mind. And, um and i was i was mesmerized by it and and again it just it just hooked me further into the songwriting thing and and thinking wow could i do that you know but surely not because you know this bloke's on a different level of mm. lyricism and all that um and i still love him and i was so glad you know because he was someone who retired and he went off to live in a, a monastery a buddhist monastery and that was it he was he was finished and the only reason he, he left is because the monastery closed down yeah. And when he came back out, he found his his ex manager had nicked all his money. Huh. Um, so he had to go back out on the road. And and I was very lucky I got to see him a couple of times at the O2 in London. Um, all right. um which which I never thought I'd get to do. I never thought I'd get to see him. And I'm so thankful that I did because he it wasn't it wasn't long, wasn't too many years after that that he died.
0: Yeah, he had a, an album. Did he have, when he said he went back out on the road, did he have another album out?
1: uh yeah he brought he brought out about remember? three
0: or four yeah. more albums after yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah he's one of those that through the years um i i've only started really listening to a bit of Leonard cohen uh within the oh, i say recently probably within the last 20 25 years right. or so <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean um yeah. i mean at the time it, it didn't it didn't hit me but i mean no. looking back um and listening to the stuff uh like um i don't know so long Ann." i mean what yeah what what a great song that is yes um i mean it's just a name but one um but yeah i mean i i i i i found him at the time um a little bit um maybe too much. It was a little bit, I was listening to more up-tempo music probably. Yeah. I think that's yeah, yeah. what it was. Uh, and, 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 uh, but he's certainly um, a great poet. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And yeah. And say so he could, I mean, he probably would be himself. He didn't have the greatest voice.
1: No, no, he wasn't, he wasn't much of a singer really. Um, no. And, uh, and, and that, I think that's what people kind of, uh, one of the things people dismissed about him, and in fact, my my dad was exactly the same. You know, he 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 didn't he wasn't interested in him to begin with because he mm. thought it was all really miserable compared to what he was listening to. But um, body <laughs> but I th- I think yeah, but, but I th- yeah, I think I think I was you know in the in the right sort of place to receive it. And I think you know mm. one of the first songs I probably heard was "So Long, Marianne," mm. um, and some other stuff. In fact, my mum had like a greatest hits thing, and it was like, and it had some of the more upbeat. Leonard Cohen ones if you can call them that like "Solo Marianne, which is you know it's 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 a bit of a bigger song than some of his um like solo um acoustic stuff um but then from that I discovered the rest of it and I I just I wanted to be Leonard Cohen I think for a while you know like mm. at, at, in my teenage years and and it 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 opened my eyes to a to a whole other world of of uh, you know, at the risk of sounding pretentious potential artistic expression.
0: So, yeah, no, um, I, I hear you. I hear at a,
1: you at an important time of my life.
0: And uh, Suzanne was the one I was thinking of again. Yeah, that's his that probably most
1: famous song, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah perhaps. Um, I, I I think I prefer "Sonne Marianne And mm. a bird on a wire, of course. They're, yeah, they're all coming back to me now. You have to have a little yeah. think for. Well, okay, <laughs> Leonard Cohen. Um, on on a similar vein to that, then. I felt I had to include Mr. Zimmerman, Mr. Dylan.
1: It's, that's we've we've got the first the the first overlap here. Um, yeah, that's it.
0: Well, yeah. You <laughs> tell tell me about Dylan. you probably much more interesting than I would. Uh,
1: well, no. Understand. Well, I don't want to. I don't want I, I to steal your thunder with it. No, not you at all. Know what I mean, um, all. well, it's interesting because um, this this is where we might actually have an argument because um, earlier on you said that you think. Paul McCartney's the greatest songwriter ever. I think Bob Dylan is the greatest songwriter ever, and I don't think there's actually, I don't think there's an argument to be had about it. I don't no. think it's it's up. Well, for I, the
0: won't <laughs> I won't <Yeah>. argue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I won't argue. Yeah, no, you, 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 you you're free to argue. No, I, just, I I think to be honest, I think it's just a fact. I think if there's there's no one else that has written as many songs of that quality as as he has, and I, and again, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of. Putting my tongue in my cheek here because because mm. other people will say that about other artists, but I think there are if you if you were to sit down and write a list of of truly great songs that Bob Dylan's written, it would be longer than any other artist's and quite by quite some distance. Um, and he was somebody that I do you know what he was somebody my dad loved and I didn't and I didn't get him and 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 I had I probably I kept trying I bought a, this is true, I bought about ten Bob Dylan albums really? before I before I finally, got it. It finally um, got it but once i once i did i you know to me there's there's absolutely no one better and it's and again he's he's a classic example of someone who's still alive and it's not possibly celebrated as much as he should be even though he's got a huge list of honors just like paul mccartney's got yeah um you know a very very similar list in fact and and it's like do people really, really respect him the way they should, though? Even, even with all those, all, all that big list of stuff, you know, um, I, he's he's still around and he's still making great music, still, still trying new things, still annoying everybody by playing his songs differently when he plays live, oh. you know. Like it's like, you know, he's the, the guy. He's, he's still got a creative mind buzzing around, and it's mm. and it's amazing after all these years. But yeah, sorry, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've got plenty more to say about. Him.
0: No, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. He, he's not viewed, um, maybe with the, um, what's the word? Re- reverence is that the word I'm looking for? Sure. Possibly. He's not revered as much as perhaps yeah. he should do. But I, I think a lot of that is down to, I think, simply is down to his voice. I think everyone everyone would agree that he can write a great song. Mm. I mean, a number of Dylan's songs, I can think that actually, and this is unusual for me, I normally normally would like the original songs, but I, I there's a number of songs that, uh, that Dylan wrote that others have recorded mm. and have made their own, and actually I prefer them. I mean, there's a couple early on that I would always prefer Dylan at times they are changing, um, blowing in the wind or whatever. I would want Dylan. I just want him singing it with his guitar. Um, but the the likes of the the stuff that Jimi Hendrix did, of course, um, of, Mm. of of his was unbelievable. And the birds did a number. I mean, it's the tambourine man. Yeah. I think actually I prefer the birds version of Mr. Tambourine man, just because of the jangly guitars, I think they're harmonizing. Um, and, well, they had a number of the whole career was built on Dylan. Actually, he wasn't mm-hmm. the birds. Actually, thinking yeah. about it, Um and some other real rockers. That yeah. I mean, Brian Ferry did a great version in 1973 of a Hard Rains Are Going to Fall.
1: Right. Yeah. An album,
0: yeah. an album of covers called this These Foolish Things, and uh, that was one of them. And it was a top ten hit, I think. But and and it it could be that I've just heard those songs first. And then you listen back to the Dylan one, yeah. and you think, mm, there's not, nothing, it's not quite there, is it? For, you know, I think I prefer the other. That's often the case, though, with people. They prefer the one they've heard first. Yeah, yeah. Than then listen to the original one. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. And I, he, he has got the wonderful singing voice, but it, it, it's the right voice for those songs, I think, because he wrote them.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And the, the, what comes across to me with it, sorry to butt in there. Carl.
0: No, it's all right. That's what, fine.
1: What always comes across to me, especially when you listen to him when he was young, mm. and this is what really separated him out from everybody. And it's what made John Hammond at Columbia, you know, convince everybody Everyone else at Columbia who didn't know what the hell he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like they say, you've got to give this kid every chance. And the the thing is, it's the fearlessness. It's completely fearless. Mm-hmm. And like he didn't care that he couldn't sing very well. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, I'm gonna tell you these things and I'm gonna tell it to you, you know, like um as boldly as I possibly can. And that was that was what separated him is Utterly, utterly fearless. But I mean, I don't know. I think he learned how to use his voice as he got older. Like if you listen to Nashville Skyline, he's, he's my favorite
0: put, album. That's it's a great
1: album. And he's he's kind of putting on a voice there that he thinks is suited to those songs. And mm. you, you have to be some kind of a vocalist to be able to do that. So mm. I think he, he learned yeah, I think it's fair to say he learned how to use it more.
0: Mm. I mean Lay Lady lays a great song on that album, but actually my my that's my favorite album of his. Um mm. Which of course had a a song with Johnny Cash on it. Who I argue you could yeah. say that. I mean, he wasn't the greatest of singers either, was he? But, no. You know, no, you can't argue with his. Um, the the my favourite Dylan song is on that album. And it's called "I Threw It All Away." Oh, it,
1: incredible, incredible song! It's yeah.
0: Superb, short. It's only a couple of minutes long, but yeah. he actually. I'm, I'm being a bit facetious here, but he's actually singing the song. Yeah, and it's so poignant what he's singing about as well, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, like, he's taking responsibility for his, uh, for any about a breakup or whatever, you know, don't throw it all yeah. away. Uh, unlike a lot of his previous songs, which he doesn't take the responsibility, I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, probably, yeah. I can't think of the names of the songs now, but, yeah, there are a number that, um, uh, yeah. But I threw it all away. Superb. Uh, yeah, and that yeah, would yeah, definitely be, but it's a record wise, as you said, over 125 million records he sold. Um, yeah, time out of mind was quite a renaissance of his career, wasn't it? In the early, yeah, ni- in the late 90s, sorry, it was, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, number one albums all over the shop in the UK. I mean, all of freewheeling are bringing it all back home. This is in the UK, John Wesley Harding. Mm. National Skyline, Self Portrait, New Morning, Together Through Life, Shadows in the Night, Rough and Rowdy Ways in 2020 was a number one album, yep. uh, and a US not so many. Uh, Planet Waves, Blood on the Tracks, Desire, Modern Times, Together Through Life were number ones, um, yep. but as singles wise, he'd never really done particularly well,
1: has he? No, sales no.
0: wise, but yeah. Needy bother?
2: It,
1: it, it hasn't bother. really mattered, has it? No, wow. yeah. Um, the um, I think that, that's another thing. I, I, my great auntie, who was my my dad's auntie, um, was a huge Bob Dylan fan, and like you know, she was. I mean, she was slightly older than the t- the sort of target audience at the at the time because mm-hmm. she's probably in her maybe forties. I don't know when uh, yeah. when when he was around, but she she went to see him at, at the Albert Hall on that tour where he got called Judas and all that, you know, like and, yeah, uh, yeah. That when he, when he, he did the second like, half electric and, and yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, you know, again, that was like, it must've been a, a, a kind of pivotal time to see him. Um, I've, I've seen him live a few times and I, th- I think he's great, but you get people, you can hear them when they're walking out, they're going, Oh, I didn't know what any of the songs were. He's playing it all wrong and all this. Like, it's like he's taking enough interest to play it differently from yeah. um, from how he, he normally does it, which which mm. to me is the opposite of going through the motions. But there you
0: mm. go. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad we agreed on one anyway. We
1: yeah, it. we got one.
0: We got one. Okay. Um, so, oh, I'll take one now. Then if you had Dylan mm-hmm. and I've had Dylan, so we'll level up. Um, yeah. Well, we've mentioned him. We mentioned him before, I think, in passing. But I'm going for Ray Davis. Yeah. Um. Along with the Beatles, um, obviously during the sixties, they were the um, uh, more, more English-sounding band, yeah. if you like, than the Beatles ever sure, were. Yeah, um, and they had a string of string of hits, number ones. You really got me, of course. Tired of waiting for you, sunny afternoon. It's so English. So I'm saying a oh, well-respected yeah. man and uh, <laughs> Waterloo Sunset. I mean, that's probably my favourite favourite Kinks song. Um, but yeah, and seven uh, album-wise, it was strange. I was looking through the records, and after um, Arthur in '69, no albums charted in the UK, which was bizarre. Really, Kinks? Yeah, didn't I mean, even chart. Even Village Green Preservation Society didn't chart on the original release. Wow. Um, It was only on a 2018 deluxe reissue that it sort of sneaked into the lower echelons. Wow. Uh, So Ray Davis actually described that album as the most expensive flop. Wow. And yet that album made in the Rolling Stone greatest albums of all time, 384. Uh, and in the Colin Larkin book, I don't really know that one, where he does his thousand albums. Oh, okay. uh, it made 141. But really? that, like the Beatles, actually, they had a number of non-album singles, which is, yeah. you know, just not done these days, is it?
1: No. Think no.
0: like Set Me Free, See My Friends, Well-Respected Man, as I said, Dedicated Follower Fashion, another nice English London song, uh, <laughs> Dead End Street, Autumn Almanac, Plastic Man, all of those, none of them were <laughs> on albums. Uh, and they were they were big hits. Um and I quote Ray Davis, talking about the way they write songs, and, and Ray Davis says when you write songs, you write about people. People are the source of my material, and London is a wonderful place to be for people. So the next time you're sitting in a park somewhere and you see someone like me looking at you, don't call the police. I'm just writing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you can hear that in in his songs. It's they're very sort of um, observation, observation style of lyric, absolutely. Lyric, and there's, you know, that, that's it's very specifically that type of songwriter. I mean, that's I, I'm not that type of songwriter generally, but but um, I think he was probably I don't know. I don't know if he's one of the first, but one of the one of the the first really prominent ones like that in the charts and stuff. You know, mm. like um, in the pop charts, writing songs like that is a is, is um, you know it was quite unusual, I suppose.
0: I think I think they probably what he was one of the first. I would have said because lo- yeah. most others were trying to copy what was doing in America, weren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: With the R of the rhythm and blues and the rock and roll or whatever. Um, but yeah, he was definitely um, focusing on the um, the everyday lives of the um, British experience, as it were. Yeah. Um, and yeah, superb. I had a. I think they didn't do so well, maybe in America for a while, because I think they were banned from touring over there. Yeah. Can't remember why.
1: I've got a feeling. So, yeah, something Can't like that. I don't remember
0: what it was for. Probably the, they. You know, caused a little bit of aggro in the in the in the concerts. I don't know. I always remember yeah. that story about how he flew. I don't know how much money they spent uh, and of course now fossil fuels and all that didn't didn't bother with those in the 1960s just flew from New York back to London just to record one line of a song to take out the word Coca-Cola from Lola and change it to cherry cola so that it could be played. Unbelievable. Oh,
1: wow i didn't know that yeah that's ridiculous isn't it? but actually the cherry cola lyric is actually really kind almost iconic you know like yeah. it's like it's 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 written into law you know and it's like uh the, the it's funny that they did that just because they had to i suppose
0: yeah well to get played on the british radio yeah. um yeah, America yeah. probably doesn't really matter right mm. okay Ray davis i've done so let's move on to your next one
1: okay yeah so um who have so I, I got? G-
0: more quickly, I suspect, don't we? We've got time, I suppose.
1: Yes, yeah, sorry, mate. Right. We've been we've been gabbing, haven't we? Um, well, the person I've got to mention is um, probably my favourite songwriter, the biggest influence on me as a songwriter in general is Loudon Wainwright III. Okay.
2: Um,
1: I think we talked about him probably we last did. time I was on. Um, and you know, again, it was like just following this this uh, this lineage of songwriters I discovered, and he was someone that was very very different and i and i loved how direct all his songs were they weren't like folk singer songs um and later i discovered they were more like country songs lyrically at least mm-hmm. um and that's what i loved i loved how direct and sort of um vivid his lyrics were and i he's like i say he's he's my favorite songwriter of all because he can he can Find that contrast between comedy and tragedy, and he's been guilty sometimes of trying to be too funny and doing too much comedy stuff. He's got a few songs that are kind of one-trick ponies. If you've heard them once, you don't need to hear them again. Mm. But at the same time, he's got this 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 way of of turning something deadly serious, you know, from 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 comedy to 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 complete seriousness, and mm. it's often related to. Um, his family and, you know, difficult times he's had with his family and how that's been dealt with or not dealt with. And it's, it's really kind of fascinating stuff. Um, there's no one else really like him. Uh, I I don't, you know, I don't, I can't think of another songwriter that's, that's really, can really be directly compared to that type of songwriting. Um, Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know if you, if you were aware of him when he first started or, or when no, you were I first listening to so music. No,
0: no. When was he? Uh, it's like early seventies. I don't know if that's uh, too yeah, early for you. Was, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. Well, I was only, um, I was only just getting in my teens in the early seventies. Oh, okay, right, yeah. I was listening to T Rex and uh, and Roy Wood of Wizard and Slade. True. Um, so I probably wasn't. Well, I think
1: I think when he first came out, Morrissey wrote a letter to the NME. Complaining that they weren't talking enough about Loudon Wainwright III. Apparently,
0: so something positive <laughs> can be said about Morrissey.
1: Yes, apparently, yeah.
0: Blimey, <laughs> that's a first. Mm. Okay, and of course, um, what about his um, son and daughter? Is it? Yeah, Martha?
1: Ruf- Rufus and Martha. Yeah, and I Martha mean, Rufus, Rufus is. I mean, Roofs has gone on to be a, a much bigger star than his dad, um, mm. and he's superbly talented. I think he's kind of got a little bit silly, like some of the stuff he does. But mm. but he's he's. I mean, some of his his earlier albums are fantastic, and um, he's he's like I say, he's he's now a big star, certainly in North America and parts of Europe. Um, Martha's carved out a career for herself. I think she's just released an autobiography, actually, mostly, mostly talking about um, what a pain in the backside Loudon was when she was growing up, which which is what most of what his kids talk about. Um, But, you know, that's, uh, they've, they've carved out great musical careers and he's, Mm. and he, you know, I think that they've used a lot of that family strife as in their own material. And, and it seems to be an endless well they can go to for it. And, and Loudon's still doing it now. I, I'm, I'm sure he's probably got another album around the corner at some point because he's been steadily releasing them for, you know, what is it, 50 years now, I suppose.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. and Rainwright Yeah, I suppose yeah, I shouldn't guess that you're going to have Loudon Wainwright. There was yeah. one other that I thought you might have had in. You might still do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean I haven't got it in I haven't got it on my list, probably oh. because I thought you would. Um, but that was Hank.
1: Yeah, I have got Hank to talk about, yeah. You have got Abs- Hank. Absolutely, okay. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, do you want to talk about Hank now? So we've mentioned him. I mean oh, was, okay. I can't believe he was only um 30 years old.
1: 29. Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine when he died. Was Okay. Yeah. 29. Yeah, he was. It was um Absolutely, you know, stack of songs he wrote. He did, but this is what I was going to talk about. I, I wrote Hank Williams down, but I also put in brackets Fred Rose because Fred Rose was of Acuff Rose Music Publishing, that were um, the the big country music publisher in Nashville. Probably probably the first in Nashville, actually, because um, mm. Roy Acuff was a big star on the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, Fred Rose was a writer and kind of a behind the scenes guy, but he wrote a lot of the big songs that that. Um, that Hank made famous. And what he also did was he, he refined a lot of Hank's songs, like Hank songs that he'd written, you know, that, that Hank Williams had written. Uh, mm-hmm. Fred Rose kind of, kind of polish them up a bit. And he was, so he was really, really important to the songs that we associate with Hank Williams. Mm-hmm. But obviously Hank had the incredible voice and the incredible presence. And, you know, this, this um, amazing, just general delivery of stuff, which is, which was what, you know, made him such a huge star, and you know Fred Rose was just kind of there, kind of facilitating it. But I, but I think he deserves mention because if you, if you, if you get the chance ever to look up the list of stuff that Fred Rose wrote, a lot of them are, are, were big hits for Hank Williams, and he, he wrote stuff that were big hits for for other people too. But yeah. but I, I don't think you'd have had quite the prolific um, output of Hank Williams without Fred Rose.
0: Okay. I'm amazed. You look at Hank Williams. I was just listening to uh, – he's only realised to have written by Hank Williams. Not Fred Rose, but but yeah. Hank Williams. Um, I was listening to a real sort of honky-tonk uh, country, uh, real foot-stomping version of a song called There's a Tear in My Beer. Right, yeah. Which, of course, is a Hank Williams song. Oh, good yeah. grief. And, and, and we, we had um, a show last week on Elvis Costello. And uh, we we touched upon almost blue, his sort of country yep. album, yeah. And the opening track, why don't you love me like you used to? Was
2: yep.
1: a Hank Williams song. Who yep. knew? Who knew? That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, so so many so many classic songs, and there's still, you know, the the, the songs that he wrote that that um, are like you know complete standards just across the board that will still be being used in film soundtracks and and in in other things like that for decades to come um because they they were just so perfectly that you know some of them are you know borderline pop songs really yeah. um, because because of their accessibility mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just just an incredible um talent and a and a person that um Came along at the right time. A, a lot of these things are often about timing, you know. Um, and country music needed him, and and he was, you know, again one of these people not totally pre- appreciated in his lifetime, but certainly, certainly has been since.
0: Influential, I would say, singer-songwriters of the last century.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Again, it, like you say, there's, there's. Uh, I think a lot of people might not even know uh, of, you know, people who aren't huge music fans might not even have heard his name, but I'll bet you they've they've heard some of the songs.
0: Ronda has just noted down. My, my dad was not actually much <laughs> of a music person, but he did love Hank.
1: There you go. Yeah. There you go. do not go wrong.
0: Barbie said, by the way, it's great to see Hanks again. See ya. Oh, good. Back by yeah. popular demand, I did say. <laughs> say. Um, there you go. Right. Good. I'm going to move on with my next one then. Um, now, you yeah. went Buddy Holly. I should have gone Buddy Holly. But from that era, I've gone Chuck Berry. Right. Um, I mean, I I suppose maybe I've always been more of a rocker Um, with his, his lyrics focusing on, um, I don't know, teen life and uh, consumerism and uh, his guitar. So it's still instigated really the guitar solo. I think that influenced and the showmanship, which is a major influence on umpteen. Yeah. Um, artists in in rock music uh i mean he he invented words but you sort of knew what they meant i mean like (laughs) motivating and uh and coolerator and and things like that they sort of were (laughs) superb putting the songs yeah what the hell's that i think so yeah yeah sort of working out um it i don't know um he was—he was—he's well, was one of the first musicians to inducted into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in '86, if not the first, actually. Um, and at the time, it was said he laid the groundwork for not only a rock and roll sound but a rock and roll stance.
1: <laughs> With the the wide the wide legged stance. Yes, mean. I think yeah. so. But
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. some I mean, st- I mean, so many songs. It's unbelievable. that He wrote Johnny Be Good, Sweet Little Sixteen, right over Beethoven, all covered by so many artists. Sweet Little Rock and Rollers, Brown and has a Man. Uh, you never can tell. Some of his sixties stuff was great, but it never really had the same sort of appeal, probably as the, no. as the stuff in the fifties. No particular place to go is another one. Maybe as a rewrite of School Days, but um, yeah, very similar. And, and it's one of those bugbears of mine that is only number one, not only in the UK but in the US. <laughs> it was that ridiculous comedy uh, song, yeah. My Dingaling, in 1972?
1: Dreadful, dreadful, worst thing he ever did. you know, but, <laughs> you
0: know it, it was like it was um, a variation of um, uh, a song of his on uh, called My Tambourine. Right, okay, uh, from the 60 68 album, I think it was St. Louis to Frisco, it was called, yeah, 68, I think it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just love Chuck Berry. I mean, if you know, so many bands have an encore, oh, yes, do a bit of Chuck Berry, even Jimi Hendrix, I think, did Johnny Be Good, yeah. Um, sure. I, I just love Chuck he, Berry, he I love just, Buddy Holly too
1: he he is rock and roll chuck berry that's that's the bottom yeah. line you know he just he personifies it when when i very first started out playing what i used to do was f- 50s rock and roll covers in pubs cuz they were really easy to play mm. and uh, <laughs> but if I ever needed another song, it was always Chuck Berry because because oh, yeah. they're brilliant songs and they and they went down really easy and they're pretty easy to play. The only problem was there's quite a lot of words in quite a lot in in some of them. He, he, he got was, a bit verbose. yeah, yeah. It was they weren't. The thing is, they weren't like real simple, basic rock and roll songs like some. You know, with just re- repetitive lyrics or whatever. They were they, mm-hmm. there was a lot to them, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just he absolutely epitomised rock and roll. I mean, rock and roll. I don't think it could have happened without him. Not in the way that it did, you know. Like, well,
0: I mean, you had you had Elvis, you had Buddy, you had Jerry Lee Lewis, but I mean, Chuck Berry really invented the rock and roll that influenced yeah. so many bands back in the early '60s, mm. from the Stones and I mean, obviously the Beatles. I mean, everyone, everyone. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to throw another one in now, swiftly. Yeah. Um, to level things up, and maybe another. Um, Left field one, but I think he's a great songwriter. Mainly deals with music scores now, film scores.
1: I think we're gonna have another overlap here, Colin.
0: Is it Randy Newman?
1: It is. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> what a it's such a great song. I mean that all sort of um uh it's sort of southern accented singing style, um true Americana um, influenced a, a number of, um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just a lot, a lot of artists recorded his songs as well. Actually. Didn't yeah. They? Yeah. He didn't yeah. have a huge success uh, in the charts either here or no. in the U S actually. No. Um, but a lot are recorded like, I mean, he had on his own, he had short people, I think was probably his biggest hit. Yeah. Even that wasn't massive over here. Maybe I love LA. And, of course, he's more renowned now for You've Got a Friend in Me from Toy Story. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great song that it is. Um, but things like Mama Told Me Not to Calm, Simon Smith, "This Amazing Dancing Bear, I mm. Think It's Going to Rain Today, and uh, Have You Seen My Baby was a great song that he did on, yeah. uh, was it Good Old Boys or Little Criminals? I can't remember which album it's Little on. Criminals. Number, it's Little Criminals, yeah. yeah. Um, Ringo did a version of that on his 73 album called Ringo with Mark Bolan on guitar and uh, I don't know if you heard of a band called the Flaming Groovies on their I Teenage so. Head albums a very garage band US right. uh, bands yeah. that sort of m- developed more into a jingly jangly birdsy uh, kind yeah. of style in the 70s but they did a version on Teenage Head the album Teenage Head and of course you can leave your hat on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was one of Randy's songs yeah. Um, but yeah I, I, I think my favourite album is quite a, a more recent one. When I say more recent, nineteen eighty-eight, it was Land of Dreams. Do you know that? Right,
1: one? yeah, I know that one. Yeah, um, with uh, Dixie Flyer. the Dixie roll with the punches is that on there. That yeah, that? roll the punches. Yeah, Dixie and, Flyer.
0: Uh, Dixie Flyer opened the album. Yeah. I love that. Got yeah. on
1: the Dixie
0: Flyer down in New Orleans, and um, the song he did with uh, Mark Knopfler on guitar um, is Money That
1: Matters. Oh yeah yeah okay yeah. Yeah, in the US. Yeah. I think yeah. what's um what's it sorry I'm buttoning again. No cool. Go on. Go on, but um that I think what is so important about Randy Newman is he is the last of the the people who could write those absolutely classic songs like the Gershwins, Cole Porter, Irving Berlin, those sorts of people. Like he can write those songs that sound as if they've existed forever. And I know some of his songs are a bit weird and they're they're a bit out there, but some of his songs are like, you know, just it's like, well, surely that's the, you know that song has existed since the creation of the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's like one of the songs he wrote for um, Toy Story, Toy Story Two, when she loved me. That song oh, is I like, love that song. It's it's like it's it's like if somebody told you that was Gershwin or Cole Porter, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. it. yeah, okay that's you know that's one of those songs from eons ago you know like mm-hmm. but it's but it's not it's just something that he came up with off the cuff for a you know for a scene in a film about a toy you know it's it's, it's yeah it's i mean that that is yeah. the power of songwriting that he has and actually it's very similar I'm, I'm, i was saying there's no one like um there's no one who's got the style of loud and wainwright but he mixes that comedy and tragedy as well you know like he does. And it's, yeah he and, does that's this there's, there's really no one like him it's so hard he's another one His chord progressions and stuff are impossible i've never i've, I've never successfully like been able to play randy Newman's songs
0: no you mentioned when she loves me or when she loved yep. me rather um that, that was also um uh, fa- as a favorite of mine certainly um mm. sarah mclaughlin's voice on that
1: song. yeah 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 amazing and you know it's easy to so sort poignant. of dismiss it's so poignant uh, it's, it's incredible it's easy to dismiss the, the films or stuff and say you know like uh, ah, it's just you know he's doing it for money or whatever but but you know some of that has been has been really key i, I don't know if you've heard the last couple of things he's done have been like he's been he's done like completely solo albums re-recording his old stuff Songbooks. um yeah the randy newman songbook that's yeah, yeah i think i've got most. yeah one to and and that that's a great way if if you're interested in songs and songwriting it's a great way to hear those songs because they're just completely stripped back to to their original form and mm. you, you you learn i certainly as somebody interested in that sort of thing you know you, you learn a lot by by listening to that sort. that's the sort of stuff i could just listen to over and over forever you know
0: yeah yeah i, I listen i remember listening to the i think it's the first one i think birmingham Birmingham is is on one of them is it on the first one can't
1: remember yeah it's probably on the first one I
0: love that song Birmingham Birmingham yeah Birmingham (laughs) Birmingham um and it it, it seems so much shorter on the songbook which Mm. has disappointed me um Mm. but yeah I'm gonna have to dig that out again and listen to it on your recommendation okay um (laughs) yeah definitely um, but yeah, as I said, not, not a great deal of success. Uh, he only he had one US top 10 album, which was Little Criminals in 1977. Mm. And that's presumably because of the hit single, Short People. Yeah. Um, highest he got in the UK was number 46 with Harps and Angels, which was yeah. in, uh, in 2000.
1: I was going to say, I remember that's quite recent, that, yeah.
0: Yeah, no UK uh, hit singles at all.
1: No, no. People I don't, don't really know him here, I don't think.
0: A, a lyric from uh, money, that Ma- it's money That Matters. Um, yeah, hear what I say. It's Money That Matters in the USA. All of these people are much brighter than an eye. In any fair system, they would flourish and thrive, but they barely survive. They eke out a living. They barely survive. Yeah, he's saying, that. He, why is he so famous and got all this mm. money when he's not as talented as so many other people around? <laughs> But I yeah. yeah, I love that song. So Randy Newman, good, good, good. Um right. Are you gonna give it another one? Give us okay, another one. One yeah, one we're getting getting
1: one close one now. One. I think yeah, uh, yeah. someone I better mention very quickly. I think this is this is this is one of one of my lists, but um, I mention. it's like it's it, it, he's on he's on my no, sorry, he's on my list. But All right, but okay. he, but he but it's just like I, I don't know if if you'll really know him. Um it's Dale Watson. And he's like uh, a honky tonk um texas country guy who it was one of the first honky-tonk artists so probably the first honky-tonk artist that i heard and because i am you know a honky-tonk artist it's Mm. like it's it was really important to me and he is someone who can write in several different um styles that that kind of overlap with honky-tonk like western swing Mm -hmm. Um, and outlaw and things like that. And he's the father of the Ameripolitan movement, which is something that I, you know, kind of subscribe to throwing it, throwing a spotlight on traditional country that after the word country has been used for all sorts of other things. Um, so he, he, he came up with this word Ameripolitan, but Dale is, um, consummate performer, consummate songwriter, great, great guitarist, great singer, and, you know, I've probably seen him live more than any other artist, and oh, nice. that, and that for me is like it, it's for me it was it was again this another moment of me finding my music and and being drawn into this world of of, of stuff that I knew I wanted to follow, and uh, it, it was so important um, me discovering his music and like I say devouring the albums and 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 learning more and more about it, and without without discovering Dale Watson as I did, I might not have have gone down that route. I might not have gone down the, the honky tonk country route. And in fact, he actually held me back from from listening to a lot of other country stuff because to me, I just thought it can't get better than this. You know, I thought, <laughs> why, why am I bothering to listen to anything else? I mean, I, I have done since, and I actually got to I got to open for Dale a, a couple of years ago in Bristol, one of his I was last. Say, he's still
0: around. He's still around.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's still around. And I You know, that was a great moment for me because it was like, you know, when I first started listening to him, I wasn't even playing live or anything. You know, but but oh, right. um, I. It was another thing that gave me the, the the motivation to 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 carry on with music, and yes, yeah, so I, I had to put him on my list. But I just thought you you might not.
0: I'm not. Uh, I've, I've just looked at my iTunes stuff. library. Yeah. There, I haven't got a single song by Dale Watson on there.
1: It's not surprising, mate. I mean, he's not. He's never. Bob Harris is a fan and has played him, but but that's probably about as far as it goes in this country.
0: Well, I've written him down, so I might there have to go. dig <laughs> some out. Dig some out from Dale Watson. <laughs> Um, so when did you back uh, support him sorry
1: oh god I've forgotten what the years are now mate but I, th- I think it, I think it was 2019 it might have been 2018 oh, it's, all, it's hard to, it's, difficult it's hard to remember, remember now, now isn't it it is <laughs> it was one you of think, those two it was his it you was sorry
0: last year or something but in fact because of the lockdown
1: yeah it, you just you forget but um, it was basically it's, it might be his last tour over here because he was um, he kind of suggested it might be during the tour and that was the last show of the tour the one in Bristol so I I was glad I got to do it um I'm hoping he will be back but if not then mm. I then I, I did get to do it
0: that's great that's great yeah um now I haven't toured with Paul McCartney yet so I will <laughs> have to uh, it's still
1: time it's believe. still
0: time yeah. it's still time I'd like to shake the guy's hand one day but I'm never going to get it you never know. I love never- it yeah, well, I'm not going <laughs> to hang around the stage doors at the O2 when he's there or something. Well, there you um, go. Right, I'm going to pick, uh, I had I think about it. I mean, I've got a number here, but I'm going to have to pick Stevie Wonder.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. Um,
0: and, and I, another... Do you know what? That's
1: that's one of the people I would have had on my bingo card for you, actually.
0: You would? Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, a virtual one-man band, of course. Um, Peaked. I mean, his use of synthesizers and um, other sort of electronic musical instruments for want of a better term then um, probably reshaped um, the 70s sort of r and B. I'd have said um, I mean that was his peak period for me um, he, he certainly had a, a big sort of youth, he was a sort of a, a, a child prodigy of course in the early mm. 60s and a youthful um, icon in the 60s. But then when it came to the 70s, when he had those run of albums, um, Talking Book, Inner Visions, um, Fulfillingness First Finale, Songs in the Key of Life. I mean, absolute, absolute, I don't know, superb albums. Um, and all four uh, won Grammys. I, I, yeah. In fact, three three consecutive Grammys he got, actually, for those each year. Wow. Which was only uh, he, and that he called Frank Sinatra. Okay. Um, but the, the, you know, the topics he wrote about were um, on, on, on on. you could pick on any of the albums, probably about like drug abuse and inequality and racism, political, social issues, but also love um, and uh, attacks on presidents, allegedly with he's Mr. know it all, which is again, probably I'm throwing in my favorite song by these artists that have written and he's Mr. And All is probably my favorite, which was a scathing attack on Richard Nixon. Apparently, uh, in August 73. So I know it all con man, man with a plan. Yeah. A it's, it's not a dollar not, in
1: his hand. It's not very subtle really. Is it?
0: No, <laughs> no. I had a slick answer to, uh, to all of these critics. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I had to put him in there, really, because, the, 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 again, the longevity. It, it like, like a lot of artists, I mean, hinted at this maybe before, but I think a lot of artists that were big in the 60s and 70s, particularly the 70s, because a lot of them faded out by that anyway from the 60s, but tended to sort of go off a little bit, in my opinion, in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and I think he's probably one of them. I mean, he probably had his most success, in the '80s, with well, he did. I'm sure. Um, with like, he had his only UK number one single, like "My Dingaling," with Chuck Berry was saying. What well, he's had such yeah. a huge repertoire of classic songs, and "My yeah. Dingaling" gets the number one. <laughs> and for Stevie Wonder, admittedly, it was a theme tune. Uh, I just called to "Say I Love You" was right, the number right. one, Right. which you know when you when, it just doesn't stack up. To no. superstition and uh you are the sunshine of my life and boogie on reggae woman you haven't done nothing you you name it he's yeah. mr nodal um but there it was um so yeah he was a huge success probably in the 80s he's not doing so much these days but
1: no he's still so going to see my my dad used to go i don't I keep going with that but he he's he, he reckons he saw stevie wonder he's
0: seen everyone you know, he? it, in their it, pomp.
1: He's, oh, he, saw, Holly, he did popular. see everyone he used to go to the marquee in London and see them all there but he didn't actually see Stevie Wonder play he reckons he saw him in a shop looking oh, at right. a, a leather jacket and so he said "He said I don't believe that he's really blind because he was holding up this leather he's jacket probably, yeah, and I was, like, jacket, yeah. I was like well you know he might have just been feeling it or something you know like, he might, it like, <laughs> yeah, right. and it might not have been Stevie Wonder there's also that possibility no, there's also there, that option right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he said no i gotta yeah. say colin I, I you know it's obviously it's not um overtly my area of music but i but i i completely agree with you picking him because um it was hugely influential and still is today and yeah. you know like um he's somebody again Like you say that 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 kind of era would not have been anything remotely the same if he hadn't been there And that's the same with a lot of these people we're talking about. They were kind of uh, trailblazers and game changers in their own way.
0: Mm. Just another note from Rhonda talking about Randy Newman. Burn On from the movie Major League was a great Randy Newman.
1: Yeah, it's from the Sail Away album, I think. Um, Oh, it's from uh, um, Cuyahoga River is is what the song is called.
0: Ah, right, okay.
1: I think that's the same song, yeah. Burn On, Big River, Burn On. Yeah, Cuyahoga River, yeah.
0: Right, so you got one
1: more plus any honours? I have indeed. I got, I got one more, and it's and it's somebody we talked about last time I was on, and it's uh, David Allan Coe, who is um, right, okay. probably my favourite artist overall, and um, somebody that, that what I really admire about him is that uh, he can basically he he does not care what anyone thinks about him, which which can work one of two ways and has done, but what i love about that is is how he brings that to his songwriting and he does things that other people wouldn't do and 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 has done and has said things in in ways that other people wouldn't say them and he does things like reusing bits of melodies and things like that in a way that other people would be afraid to but he's not and it's um i just i just love the individuality of it all and you know uh there's again talking about these artists there's there's no one else like him there's no one else can be really compared to him you know he, he gets thrown in with the other outlaw country artists but he's quite different to them really um mm-hmm. and it's and I, I you know I, I I talked about him I think at length last time but last I, time but, yeah, yeah. but I i i i, I do love him and i'm glad that he's he's still just about going um willie nelson is the only one who sort of acknowledges him anymore and has him play at the 4th of july picnic and all that every year but he's 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 not quite the artist he was in fact we talk about albums you know billy joel not making albums since 2001 i think it's similar amount of time if not longer since david allen co made made a proper album so um yeah at least at least he's still with us and again somebody not appreciated as much as he should be in his lifetime but
0: I'll Barbie's saying my stepdad used to sing David Allen Coe in the mornings to us while we had breakfast.
1: <laughs> it, it depends what <laughs> song it was. Uh, that, that, could be, uh, that could be quite a sinister um, <laughs> anecdote. I don't know.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. So David Allen Coe, I sh- should have looked back really at the, one, at the show with you a, a, a few weeks back then and picked, because I, I say I had Hank Williams in, but you uh, you did have Hank, didn't you? Um, I did. Yeah. I should have got David and Co for you, shouldn't I? Uh, okay, I've got another. I've got loads here already, but I'm going to pick a couple then just to finish off. One, if I was going to have McCartney and I was going to have Dylan in two of the top three songwriters of all time, arguments continue as to which <laughs> yeah. one which one's one and which one's two. Um, or is it three, Dylan? I don't know. My other one is Paul Simon,
1: right? Yeah. I'll- I love. Paulson. who I,
0: I think he's one of the most acclaimed uh, songwriters of all time. I mean I did have many albums with Simon and Garfunkel, of course, and he had about five, mm. uh, if you don't include the uh, graduate soundtrack. But some of his songs were so... Um, I've got a little bit of blurb that he, uh, he wrote as well about his style of, of songwriting, which I'll come on to. Um, three number one US singles for Simon and Garfunkel, so Sounds of Silence, Mrs. Robinson, and... The classic bridge over troubled water. Yeah, um, and solo 50 Ways uh, to Leave Your Lover" was a US number one, uh, and in oh, the of course the um, Graceland album was a number one album in the UK. Yeah, um, in fact, he had one, two, three, four number one albums. After uh, two more after that, sorry, Graceland. Then he had Rhythm of the Saints and Stranger to the Stranger only one us number 1 album as a solo artist still crazy after all these years uh, but my favorite sound of silence when my favorite probably song is the title track of of Simon og debut album which was wednesday morning 3am right I don't know if yeah. you're aware of that song so my, yeah yeah it's not one of those that um i can hear the soft breathing of the girl that i love as she lies here beside me asleep yeah. with the night uh oh what a great song it is um and April Comes, She Will. That's another one of my favorites from An America, which was a great story. Yeah. He wrote some, he wrote some good, good stuff. Oh. But Paul Simon said his basic themes in his songwriting are love, family, and social commentary. Well, as well as the overarching messages of religion, spirituality, and God in his lyrics. Um, his music always precedes the words. Is that often the case with people, I don't know about you, whether you write a mm, melody. Not, not and always. A, not, not always, but both. Uh, I mean, McCartney was like that, so of come back to him again, but he was, apart from All My Loving, which I think wrote the lyrics first as a sort of a right. letter. Yeah. Um, close Your Eyes and all that. Um, and, now, the music always proceeds to words. The words often come from the sound of the music and eventually evolve into coherent thoughts. Or or, or incoherent thoughts. (laughs) Rhythm plays a crucial part in the lyric making as well. It's like a puzzle to find the right words to express what the music is saying. Yeah, love Paul Simon, and have him. I
1: I love Paul Simon.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, I there are some I should have him. Maybe I'm not. I'm going to throw this in because it's a bit of an oddball, uh, and uh, it is punk. And for, to my mind, he's the smart, sardonic, punk bard um, <laughs> of unrequited romance. He could write a love song in a punk style, um, and it's Pete Shelley, the Buzzcocks.
1: Right, okay. Yeah, actually, I did, oh, that wasn't who I thought you were going to say, actually. Who I thought you were going to say Ian Jury.
0: Oh, well, Ian Well, yeah, that's true. Ian Jury's yeah. a classic, classic <laughs> yeah. case
1: as well. But <laughs> well, yeah, um, Pete Shelley—that's that's a good shout.
0: Yeah, Pete Shelley. Um, he's um, uh, oh, so many songs again. Uh, a, a string of hit singles, which I don't think uh, other punk punk bands would have ever dreamt of of having. Um, but uh, I, I don't mind. Of course, what do I get? Ever fall in love with someone you shouldn't have. Um, everybody's happy nowadays. Um, I always wanted something I could never get. Um, songs were amazingly, well, actually, strangely complex, but also quite immediate. Um melodic hooks thrown in left right and center but 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 amusingly written i mean the sort of waspishly funny lines if you see what i mean yeah um love you more just thinking of other songs fiction romance 16 again get on our own and probably one of the one of his finest hours was a song called you say you don't love me which was such a great pop song and it was on their third album a different kind of tension totally flopped which is really? totally bizarre um, I didn't know that. but his, his pop it's his noted that his pop songs were so good that they actually overshadowed his love for a little bit more experimentation because he did tend to do that a lot on the Buzzcocks albums side one was filled with these sort of poppy type yeah. um, songs and side two was a little bit more experimental um, and that longer tracks uh, ESP late for the train even on the first album moving away from the pulse beat close the album hollow inside uh, a number of um, uh, of songs like that um, and well yeah I don't know Pete Shelley it was I, I just loved loved his songs I love the Buzzcocks yeah they weren't around for long I mean they, they reformed but to me they weren't really the same but um, no. yeah so Pete Shelley I was gonna that's, that's my 10 I guess um, I, I wanted to include as I should do really because we have got many women in have we
1: no. And I I feel bad about that. Um, yeah. But I mean, when I'm thinking about people who influenced me as a songwriter directly, then the top 10 are all going to be men. And it's like, I, you know, uh, that's uh, probably my fault somewhere along the line. But uh, at the same time, um, I, I, I was struggling to think of ones that were really, uh, this, this, this is probably a systemic thing. Uh, something that, that, it's to do with the time periods that we're talking about a lot here. Um, there weren't, you know, these it's women at the top in a lot of cases, you know, mm. um, when when perhaps they should have been. So,
0: think of one that you know, I would have thought know. maybe you could put up up there. would be Joni Mitchell.
1: Yeah, you see, I, I I thought about that. I personally, I wouldn't have a in the same bracket as some of the people we've spoken about, no. but um, but I know a lot of people would. So I, you know, fair enough. It's you know, she's been hugely influential um, for millions of songwriters of, 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 of whatever gender um, for for decades. And it's you know, it's, it's not just she's not just a songwriter for women, you know. Like and no. I, but I personally, I, I like a lot of her music. And she's got some absolutely brilliant songs. But I didn't think it didn't resonate with me as much as as mm-hmm. as, as some of the other people we talked about. Dolly. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're talking if you're talking country songwriters, yeah, I mean, Dolly would definitely be up there. Again, she 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 might not be up there as much as some of the men.
0: but some of those ten? Yeah,
1: and then that might be because she wasn't celebrated as a songwriter as much as she should have been. Maybe in the earlier days, um, there are a, a number of brilliant female songwriters in the country world. Um, Especially now, but they were back then too. Cindy Walker springs to mind, but Dolly. I guess you know, if you're talking about influential, just like Joni Mitchell. I mean, is, there's it, you couldn't think of, of anyone bigger, really.
0: No, in that field, definitely not. Okay. No. Um, I mean, I've there are a number that I was so close to making. You know, I, I haven't even included Bowie in there.
1: I'm surprised you didn't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I should, but I I I, I know the Buzzcocks only only made three classic albums, if you like. For me, Bowie, he's been around a long time, but the, the, the triumvirate of albums he did, 71 through to 73, are the ones for me. I mean, anything after that was, I don't, know, I don't know, I just didn't, a lot of them were good songs. Some of them were very, very, very good songs, but overall, I always come back to the early 70s, and I didn't want to just stick to that. Another one is John Fogarty for Creedence Clear Revival. He's right. a great, yeah. Great, uh, great songwriter, of um, and of course the one we mentioned last week, Elvis Costello, could have had him in there. Um, others yeah. could have had Paul Weller rather than Pete Shelley. Uh, of course, Pete mm-hmm. Townsend, um, and we not even mentioned Springsteen or John Cougar Mellencamp. Another couple of no,
1: cousins. no, that's right. Neil Diamond's a great songwriter too. Yep, he is. Yeah, I think it's very tough though.
0: One like. Um Hank, I, I guess, who was um, of a certain age and influential, is Robert Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I thought, well, maybe I haven't been included him in, but it's like the again, he was only around for uh, probably twenty something years as well. Amazing. Yeah, I mean,
1: he only, re- I mean, he only recorded about it, uh, less than twenty songs, I think. But I mean, okay. Yeah.
0: quite influential
1: the delta blues but, angle, anyway. but uh, i mean influential isn't the word mate i mean it's like the literally you know he influenced everything from that point mm. of view he's he's yeah. un, he's unrelentingly influential on that on that front there's still people trying to sound like robert johnson now you know like that's that's what that's what's so amazing about how a few songs he recorded Do you know what i mean like, i
0: know, yeah, know. it's is amazing isn't it of course johnny cass is another one we mentioned johnny
1: cash but yeah i mean he again he a lot he 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 wrote a lot of really good songs they're, they're simple as that but but i he was he was more like the artist you know like the the um the the overall presence um but I think you could put him in a list to touch so he's in the songwriters hall of fame um so you know it, you've got to be pretty good to get in that i mean yeah Johnny Cash I think again if you're making a country list he, he might be there yeah
0: would be in there okay Save it for a songwriter country list, And I think we'll have another another well, show. We funny. can
1: mention David Allan Coe maybe again. I mean, I actually I was going to say actually, um, I had in my honourable mentions a lot of the the country ones that were very very close to being in there. Obviously Willie Nelson,
2: yes,
1: um written so many classic songs, especially when he was younger. In fact, Um yeah. Merle Haggard, yes, um, who was today is his birth and death day, um, yeah. Uh, and Chris Christopherson, who's one of the brilliant singer-songwriters uh, of all time. Um, mm. And, you know, the, the, those three could win there. Guy Clark is another one that I would. Guy like, Clark. very, very nearly made it in because he's still very, very influential um, for oh, anyone
0: thinking of gene clark you're yeah, thinking yeah, of gene clark yeah, clark, yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah.
1: No. in the country, country americana world um guy clark is like a sort of you know he's he's at the top of the tree for for anyone who's a aspiring aspiring songwriter but somebody else i had on the list which i'm yep. which i thought that maybe you might have had at a stretch was right. nick lowe yeah okay um yeah. i i love nick lowe and he's 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 actually been a big influence on me and um, I I found him via Elvis Costello actually, but um, mm.
0: um well, of course he I, produced the earlier albums, didn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think Nick Lowe's still making great albums. He's still writing great songs. He's actually written a, some some sort of proper country songs too, um, which he delivers in in his own um particular style that he does. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think he's one of one of the best British songwriters there is currently. Is, is Nick Lowe oh. without a doubt?
0: Yeah, well, I remember getting into. I remember buying the first ever single on Stiff Records, Mm. and it was by Nick Lowe. Stiff one. And it was uh, um, So It Goes with Heart of the City on the B side.
1: Wow. That's not bad. It's not a bad single.
0: No, it's not a bad single. And, of course, um, I think Dave Evans, well, they all recorded together as rock pile, didn't they? Um, He recorded it on the... I think it was on the Get It album, I see, that he recorded it on. Uh, anyway, it, yeah. so we've been through all of ours, I think, without giving any more honorary mentions to anybody. I'm um, just going <laughs> to quickly run through some that people have given me, uh, our yeah. loyal listeners or viewers. Um, and some of them are interesting, I must admit. Um, we'll start with Barbie, who... Um, now, she's given them in order. She's very organised, is Barb, and... Um, now, 10, she's given me as Max Martin. Do you know Max Martin? It's one of those names you always hear. Quite sort of into the sort of pop, dance. Um, he's about oh,
1: 25, 25 I
0: know that... US number one hit singles. Yes. Um, with like, I know, Britney and... Um, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. Yeah. Um, but I, I wonder whether he co-wrote some of them. I, I don't know, unless it's a norman petty scenario again i you know, think
1: i think these days mate um a lot of the pro- single song writers do you uh, well <laughs> a lot of the the producers give themselves writing credits but i think especially max martin i think it was one of those taylor swift albums um was it the 1989 one or something you, you where take um, it
0: off? i think yeah and that was yeah
1: he um he basically helped to rewrite a lot of those songs and and kind of polish them up and Ooh. yeah, I, I think okay. he gets a lot of credit for that album.
0: Controversial. This mm. Damon Arbarn was moaning that she didn't write any of her songs, wouldn't she? Uh was wasn't right. Right this <laughs> <way>. um <laughs> Number nine, Willie Nelson. A lot of these
1: we've we've heard uh, mentioned yeah, before. Eight,
0: uh Bruce Springsteen. Seven, oh, Tom Waits.
1: Yeah, that's a good oh, show. Wonderful, wonderful. Somebody uh, who can write in pretty much any genre.
0: Yes. Six, Stevie Nicks.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's. I think it's a bit out of my wheelhouse, but it's um. There's people of a certain vintage seem to seem to love Stevie Nicks. Yeah.
0: Mm. And <laughs> five. I've got uh, five m M&M. Eminem. Uh, again, not my bag, but uh, I guess I can
1: see that. I yeah. can see that. Yeah.
0: Or two packs Shakur.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Very influential people. You know.
0: Yeah. Three Prince. Right, cool. Two Smokey Robinson, one Bob Dylan. So, you know, got a vote for you. Yeah, vote Brags, yeah. yeah, Bob Dylan over
1: McCartney. Smoky Robinson, that's a, that's another fantastic one. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that, whoever that was, sorry.
0: Yeah, that was Barbie, yeah, yeah.
1: Barbie, <laughs>
0: uh, right, I'll run through the other quickly. Dina's given me uh Prince, Bob Dylan, Damien Rice. He's a good songwriter. Yeah. Do you know much about Damien?
1: Yeah, I remember I remember that Cannonball. Um Cannonball, was it the album o, Was the album called o Cannonball? Album. Cannonball? No, it's oh not album. album. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cannibal was the single, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um covered by um one of the winners of the X Factor, I seem to remember. Probably Little Mix uh, or something. Probably,
1: like that, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Rebecca <laughs> has given us elena Leonard Cohen, Hank Williams. Oh, another one I'm sure you'd be proud of. John Prine.
1: Yeah. That that should have been in my honourable mentions, John Prine, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Peter Gabriel. Right, yeah. Um, I nearly saw him live the other day when I went to Genesis. We went and saw Genesis and their final oh, ever gig. Yeah, Phil Collins did point out Peter is in the crowd tonight, Peter Gabriel. But I thought maybe he'll go on for the encore or something, but he never did.
1: No, <laughs> Miser- miserable sod, Peter yeah, Gabriel. that's funny. <laughs> Um,
0: Krista has given us Martin Gore and Robert Smith.
1: Right, Robert Smith from the Cure.
0: Yes, Cherborn uh, Carol King.
1: Right. Yeah. Sure. Uh,
0: she did write a lot of good songs. A lot of them, of course, with. Uh, uh, Husband or ex husband, as probably is now, uh, Jerry Goffin, I guess. But yeah. Uh, another Max Martin from Sarah. Katrina's given me Joni Mitchell, Tim Buckley, uh, hey. Leonard Cohen. Uh, Cindy, give me Joni Mitchell. Yvette, give me Fiona Apple. Here's our two women for you three women yeah. Fiona Apple, Regina, Regina or Regina Spectre, and Tori Amos.
1: Okay, yeah, Regina Spectre was um from the what was that folk, is it? was oh I'm thinking of I was, um yeah, I, I might be getting the wrong person. What was the other name you mentioned? Sorry. Tori
0: Amos. Tori Amos.
1: Tori Amos, oh yeah. Do you know what? It was the first album I ever bought was Tori Amos Little Earthquakes, and it's still an incredible album. I think it's thirty years old this year.
0: Tori uh, Regina Spectre Russian.
1: Okay. Um, uh, that's not that's not who I was thinking of.
0: <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right. And uh Tony's giving me Tom Tom Waits. Um DW given me Laura Nairo, Joni Mitchell, Carol King, Leonard McCartney, bit of a cheat there, Neil Young. Neil Young. Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Stevie Nicks, and Christy McVie. Another Cindy's given us Billy Joel and Carol King. Jack has given me coincidentally Jacques, Jackson Brown, um, <laughs> Jackson Brown, uh, Zachary John Prine, Joanna Laura Marling, another folky singer, and yeah. finally Graham, uh, has given me uh, a lot here Ray Davis, Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Paul McCartney, David Bowie. Bruce Springsteen Chuck Berry Stevie Wonder Lou Reed it's one we haven't mentioned he's a big Lou Reed fan though he's great okay. John Lennon John Prine
1: and Hank Williams oh, that's, that's quite a list that's a quite. substantial list yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> we, we'd be here for three hours but, I think if we had all that but long. actually
1: that that really illustrates just how many you could have you know, how long these lists could be do you know what I
0: mean they could you just have to Graham, I always say to Graham well, you've got this you got this it's so difficult. It's so hard. You can't because yeah. you know tomorrow it'll be another different ten. You know, but it's it's only a bit of fun, really, isn't it? But yeah. um, at the end of the day, well, thanks very Thank much, Eggs, for coming on for your second visit. Thank you uh, for having it's been me. Been highly entertaining um, and uh, great to hear your country favourites, your influences along the yeah. along the way. Um, and this podcast will be. Posted to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public Breaker. It will be on the Off The Record Facebook page and the CBW Productions Facebook page. And also on the cbwproductions.com website. And ultimately, as Slim Nick would always used to say, we will be on the BBC. Um, but we're still not after 51 episodes, but you never know. Um, but, yeah. So, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him.
2: Not off. Thanks very much, thanks.